Good morning, everybody. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and today is February 7th, 2024, so thanks so much for listening in today. Got a very special guest today, a, a very professional educator named Emily Cook, who was a classroom educator for a number of years, and then we switched over to the industry. And she works for the company now called Bloom, which is a company I was researching. It's Bloom, B-L-U-U-M. And if you want to learn more, it's linked right here on the show. But what struck me interesting was that they call themselves, if I may, they're a technology company, but they call themselves a learning catalyst. And that's on the front page of their website. That struck me. That's something unusual. I want to hear more about it. So I invited Emily on, and she'll be with me in just a few minutes, and we're going to talk about emerging ed technology helping to solve a lot of district challenges that are just now coming up uh, you know as we use, as we start peeling away the onion the layers get thicker and thicker and thicker for some reason and uh, that's what's happening with uh, technology it all works it's all good but uh, chalk was a lot easier to work with okay so we're going to find out more about what's going on and how the uh, the bloom company works to help you etc cetera, etc cetera. we're going to archive over at ace dash ed.org ace dash ed.org the home website of our american consortium for equity in education and uh, we got a lot of good stuff going on over there our uh, equity awards program our new issue of our magazine which is the online journal equity and access and all of our podcasts are over there so please go over everything's free for everybody over at ace dash ed.org we're proud of our website and i'm proud to have emily here my name's Larry. Good morning to you. Hi, Larry. How are you? Good morning. Well, I'm fine, and I noticed something here. I noticed the 619 area code calling from. Are you in, are you in California today? Where I are you? am. I'm in, I'm in um, San Diego, born and raised, Southern California. Well, the, the city that's always room temperature, and I hope you didn't get too much rain <laughs> this week. Okay, uh, how do um, you do with the rain? Let me ask that question first. Any damage thanks or anything? for asking. No damage for me, but it is dumping buckets. So my kids all think that they should have the week off of school, and, you know, they're very <laughs> concerned about it. But so far, we're in pretty good shape. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope your house is okay, the kids are okay, the schools are okay. Yeah. You know, we re- I'm, I'm all the way across the country from, diagonally yeah. across from you in Maine. And um, first of all, thank you for getting up so early. That's, that's it. Of course. Okay. Of course. Appreciate it. Okay, and uh, B, yeah. I hope everything's all right with it. Did you say it was still raining? It's still raining? Did yeah, you... it's raining right now. We still have flood warnings, so um, everyone's just kind of trying to roll with it. I mean, it's good. We want wow. we want the rain, but our our ground doesn't quite know what to do with it. So um, we're just trying, <laughs> get a trying lot. to get through. Yeah, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. But yeah, yeah I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you. Well, I'm thrilled to have you here. And again, thanks for getting up so early and for of doing course. the show today. And I'm glad everything's okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, tell us, I, I want to start with two questions, okay? I want to hear the second part is to hear about Emily. But the first part is, let's hear about Bloom, B-L-U-U-M. Okay. Sure. And uh, when I went on your website, Okay, it, it looked to me like you were some kind of, um, I'm going to put it this way, a consortium where you guys put together programs for school and ed tech. That's what I got out of it. I may be totally off the charts. Tell us what you know. Yeah, go ahead. You are, you are right on track. So oh, good. We, work, um, we work kind of in, in between the manufacturers who create all of the products. We um, 
you know, products that are common in, in classrooms, right? So everything from friendship classroom technology to the devices that students are using to STEM tools. And then we also um, work with manufacturers of physical security solutions, cybersecurity solutions. And then along with that, we, we kind of build those offerings into these full solutions that schools can use. So we know that technology on its own isn't going to change anything in the classroom. There are services that are required no. from adoption services to planning services to white glove and installation integration. So we really work hard to provide that kind of holistic solution to address the challenges that, that educators are facing and that schools are facing to ultimately so, impact learning for kids. Good, no, good. So, that, so let me, I want to ask, so I'm just going to use this as an example. I assume you guys go to the, do you guys go to the ISTE conference? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, I'm sure you do. Okay. So, although your clients are school districts, I'm just trying to get this in my head and that makes yeah. clear to everybody, your partners are many of the other companies that are exhibiting. That's okay, right. Okay, over yeah, at that's ISTE, right. just as an example. Mm -hmm. The ed tech yeah. companies, okay, and you put the package together that would work best for a school district. That that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Am I good, right. or, so am I good have, or what, Emily? Am I good or what? I figured great. this out. Great. Yeah, yeah, you're right on track. So I think you know we will exhibit at ISTE. We also have a big um, event that we usually host once a year at ISTE. But we, um, our booth on the expo hall will kind of showcase a lot of the the other offerings that you'll see on the expo floor but we also our local account executives will meet with their customers and kind of walk them through the expo hall and just kind of help provide that guidance on you know okay here's what you might be seeing when it comes to interactive oh, wow. flat panels and here's what we recommend based on your existing ecosystem and so we kind of can provide that you know holistic support from start to finish but you know, I mean, the most important decisions that districts are making about technology, it's so personal and varies from district to district. So we need to make sure that we understand their existing ecosystem, their needs and challenges, so that we right. can recommend the products and services that are going to help. Right. It's good stuff. It's a good idea. You know, just putting everything together. For, because school districts, I mean, they all have ed tech departments and all that, but right. to have somebody walk them through and give them a lot of different choices and put the right package it's a, it's, a, it's a nice thing in education we got to tell you, you guys have been around how long has it been around Lou yeah, yeah I know so you've been there six we, years but hello yeah. I have yeah so yeah. we are made up of three um, other companies who you might have known their names from the kind of legacy organizations and um, a couple of years ago those three companies merged so it was Troxel um, CDI well, and Tierney Brothers those three companies okay. came together and created this one company that had kind of, we wanted to refresh the mission and vision and kind of leverage that national exposure in order to, to accomplish those goals. It's a good idea. I got to tell you, and I, and I, and I like it. You guys started right <laughs> about two years before the pandemic. I can't, I was talking yeah. to my wife yesterday. We're coming on to March, 2024, which means it's been four years since the pandemic started. I think it gets weird when, when you think yes. about it like that. And it, it seems like a million years ago, four years isn't so long, but it seems like a million years ago. But in schools, right. the impact is still there. It's just, it's really a phenomenal thing in our history that, that it happened. Tell us a little bit before we go further about Emily. Okay, you were a teacher, oh, sure. and then you went over to the I industry, was. which I, 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 I think is great. Just tell, tell everybody oh. about Emily. Sure, you, yeah. You, so I, that's I, you, Emily. Um, yeah. That's me. I'm ready. That's you. So I grew up. <laughs> I grew up with, um, like many educators, with a mom who was an educator, an older sister who became an educator. So it's been kind of part of our family 
story. I think even my grandma was in education. So um, wow. I've always been kind of central to who I am and what I grew up thinking about and talking about and, you know, finding myself any opportunity that I had to volunteer. I was always in a classroom. Um, and then I, I spent about 10 years in, um, in private and then public education. So oh, it's always been something that's interesting to me, but I think it really turned from an interest into more of a passion in the last um, school district where I had the opportunity to work because I saw what an impact education could make for that group of students. So these were students yeah. who, you know, spoke a wide range of languages, roughly 95% didn't speak English at home. Um, a huge percentage of students were, um, you know, uh, free and reduced lunch or had socioeconomic challenges. Yep. So it just seeing firsthand how education is so integral for those kids to have an opportunity, you know, the same opportunities that we want all students to have. It, that's it what does. really was like the catalyst for me, right? That, okay, we have an opportunity here to change lives forever if we do this well, you know? And so now everything in my career is driven by like, how can I have a bigger impact, a bigger impact, a bigger impact? How can I take that passion and, <laughs> and you know, infuse it into everything that I do? So um, that's where Bloom for me is like so exciting. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of companies with a lot of very powerful mission statements, but to work for a company that really invests and drives towards that mission every day and allows me to invest in the research and the, you know, professional growth to be able to continue to drive towards that is really exciting. That's, that's a very nice way to put it. And I'll tell you what, what you, what you described helping the kids free and reduce lunch, you know, technology, in my opinion, is really the great equalizer. And mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of people understand that, but it really does. It opens the world, okay, and mm -hmm. brings resources into every, every, every kid. There's no reason in the world why every kid shouldn't have the same great education to give them all the and, – and so they can see what's out there, et cetera, et cetera, which is, but, you know, we're part of our, our company's the American Consortium for Equity in Education. And you get yeah. up, and this is a nice thing, you get up every day and you deal with that. Okay, yes. you deal with that. Yes. And you make that happen, and I think that's really, 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 really a nice thing that 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 you do. So, as you, you, you were a teacher now six years. Okay, so you were involved with technology and all that. What do you see different now? That that maybe I'll say that from when you started teaching. Okay, how what's the impact oh of goodness. technology, and you know how how have things changed? How is how are teachers teaching differently? All that. So what do you see? Now? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, speak, gosh, speak, oh mighty philosopher, Emily. Oh speak. boy, <laughs> there you go. Oh boy, don't Emma, get me ladies started. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Emily, the voice of American education, will now define American education. Oh boy, for us. I, Emily I Cook. There even, you go. Go ahead, Emily. I can't. I can't even <laughs> no, imagine. Um, you no, know, but you see, you're. But let me just say, wait a minute. You're the vice president yeah. of education services. Over at Bloom, I think I forgot to mention that. But congratulations sure. on that nice uh, job and um, you know, support. So, what, what, as you look at this as VP Education Services, you were a teacher, you were trained as a teacher, okay? But it's all changing, and it changes rapidly. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing out there? That's where I'm going with that. Oh, voice of education. Oh boy! All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think. <laughs> I, Obviously, a lot has changed, especially over the last four years and, you know, with the pandemic and the influx of technology. So, and, you know, part of me feels like I lose all of my teacher cred because I, I wasn't in the classroom <laughs> during that time. And so it's like, it's a whole new world. You know, fortunately, yeah. I work very closely with a team of professional development specialists who are in the field every single day with teachers that are, you know, using this technology. And so we have a, 
a lot of feedback that we get from those teachers. Um, so I, you know, I feel like I have, you know, my ear to the ground in a sense, but exactly. So a lot has changed in terms of the, the hardware that's available, right. And, and how, um, how much access students have to that hardware and the technology. I think something that hasn't changed as much as I would wish that it had is the support for teachers to use the technology in a way that's meaningful for students. And I think that what can happen is we hand technology to teachers thinking, you know, as the district decision makers or as the, you know, technology reseller, we go like, isn't this great? We're going to give these teachers access to virtual reality and the students are going to be standing on the top of a volcano or having this amazing experience. But so often there's not that connection between not just how to use the technology, but really like how can we integrate this into the lessons that we're trying to teach and the pedagogical approaches that we're trying to have. And so I think although there's been huge advances in the access piece to technology, we have a lot of work to do in terms of supporting teachers with effective integration when it comes to that technology. Well, you're right. And you mentioned that you, that you work with a lot of professional development people every day. So you got, you, mm-hmm. you know, you got your ear to the grindstone there. What are you hearing from, from, from them in, in terms of what they actually need? Okay. Yeah. You know, professional development people go in, but what what do the teachers actually need these days? And just just again, it's, uh, you know, from what you from your end, what you guys hear at Bloom. Sure. Tell me what's going on. Yeah. Good. Well, we actually survey our teachers before and after, so we have really great data. Well, there you and, go. and not yeah. So and and we actually put it together in a report. So I'm happy to share that out. I can make sure that you have access and you can share it with your listeners. Oh, but, thank you. Um, we yeah, we put together a report of like some of the key findings. What are teachers telling us when they finish a training? Um, on what they want more of. And I think there are a couple of things that come up the most. Number one, challenges with like network and technical issues Mm -hmm. that come up Mm -hmm. are a huge problem for teachers to use the technology that they get effectively. So, um, so that is just something that I think may not make its way to the right decision makers within a district, unless we say it out loud in a place like this, because the teachers might raise that concern with their principal and that might go to the curriculum and instruction side and it's, Sometimes we get lost in these silos, right? So just making sure. Welcome to welcome welcome to bureaucracy. Welcome. I know, isn't it painful? Brutal. Uh, And then, and I think just before I say, isn't it painful? Also, I really believe from the work that I do that everybody on every single one of these teams is trying so hard to do the right thing. Exactly. So I I do think that like just the information is so helpful. That's why we think it's important to collect that data. So. So that's part one. And then part two is they always want more professional development. And I think the thing that they want is not so much how to use the tool, like you turn it on here and you connect to this device here and blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking about interactive flat panels specifically because there's been a huge influx of those over the years. But more like how can I use this panel to drive, you know, effective instructional approaches for math? And so really that like content infusion. So some districts have embedded instructional coaches. It's really important that those instructional coaches are connected with the technology department so they know how to leverage that technology. If they don't have embedded coaches, that's something that we have deployed out to districts before. So we will hire and train a full-time person to sit at a district and just support those teachers. But one way or the other, Oh yeah, it's very exciting. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. But That's one cool. way or the other, we've just got to find a way. Otherwise, you know, those millions and millions of dollars of technology investment just—it's not going to have the impact that we want it to have. And so, I think that that piece is really critical. 
Yeah, and you're, what you said at the very beginning, you know, we've got to be so careful with broadband and, and, and networking and all that sort of thing. And it's so hard when, when that collapses, education stops. And the other thing is that kids need to be connected. And, and I'm only preaching to the choir and saying what everybody knows. Learning is 24-7 yeah. these days. That's okay, it. and we've got to make sure that every kid, again, rural America, urban America, that times there's challenges. Okay, one kid sharing, one, one computer shared by three kids. Okay, that sort of thing. I mean, it's it, you know, or 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 no broadband out where you live in some holler in in Tennessee or something. Okay, and it's it's just uh, Kentucky, wherever we might be there. Okay, and it's just uh, you know, it's just hard out there right now. And school districts really yeah. have to uh, have to have to see the differences. You know, I wanted to ask you about something else, and this is something that's come up recently, and this is all this has all changed over the years. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. virtual reality. Okay, augmented reality, esports, which I could go into a whole big spiel about. I'm not so in love with that at this stage of the game, but many people are. Oh. Okay. I'll tell you. Well, we can talk about that. Okay, robotics. Yeah, okay, and I'm going to get into safety and security too, which I think are big administrative concerns. But you know, when you guys go in, and I know every school district is into robotics. Every school district, the, the virtual or augmented reality, the esports we can talk about. Okay, I know it's big out there. Okay, but but talk about when you when your folks go in, does this stuff come up from the school oh district side, or does it come up from your side? And how is that all put together? So just yeah, give a couple of examples of that. Yeah, so absolutely. It it comes up all of the time. Um, I think that, yeah, I, and I think it's underlying what the challenges are that districts are having right now, right? So there are challenges with enrollment. So, so if we have some right. really exciting STEM lab or really exciting esports program, is that going to attract students back to our school? There are challenges with staffing and teacher retention and, you know, so I think a lot of times, you know, the security certainly is in response to some of the challenges. And so I think a lot yeah. of times those initiatives are very exciting um, and a lot of fun and some really exciting impact that they can have on learning. And I always, we, we always really encourage our districts to start with the vision and mission and goals. Like what is it that you're trying to accomplish here and how are we going to measure if we're accomplishing that goal through this initiative? Because so often we, before my role as, um, in education services, I was responsible for our STEM and collaborative learning category. So I was helping schools oh, cool. build out maker spaces, right, which is great. But we all know that there are a lot of very expensive paperweights that sit in maker spaces that don't get used. And so yep. what we have tried to do is not just resell the technology, but actually sit with districts and provide those strategic plans. So you're interested in esports program, excellent. Let's talk about what you're hoping that it will accomplish, how are we going to measure if that's happening, what does staffing look like, you know, what else are you going to use that room for during the day, you know, all of these kind of things so that when we decide what exact resources we're going to purchase, we already have a reason and a rationale and a justification, and we have a way to make sure that there's ongoing support and measurement along the way. So I think that's, that's kind of our approach when it comes to those larger solutions or initiatives. Um, but I think that's true no matter what technology or, you know, or what space you're, you're talking about. I think so often we get into that allocating resources step without the, mm-hmm. the vision, mission, plans, you know, and then, and then ongoing support. So Don't put um, the cart before the horse, if I may. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You know? 
It's the old, it's the old story, and it's just the, just the new technology that's working. And I, I think I hit a nerve when I said I don't like esports very much. Okay, what a, did that hit a nerve? Well, no, I'm yeah. just curious to learn more. I would love, I'd love to know what what it is about. You know, what are you hearing that feels like not great for kids? Yeah, what I what I what I don't like about it is the word sports. Okay, and I know it's competitive and all that, so I guess it fits. Sure. But what I don't like is it is it it, 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 it it some people it takes the place of physical activity. You know, sure. and we need yeah. people to have physical activity. Okay, it's 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 that simple. Especially kids because they have a lot of energy. There's and there's nothing wrong with thinking. That's what esports is. It's thinking, and I know mm-hmm. these kids are good at it. They play the games and all that sort of thing. But the 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 classic complaint, okay, for every parent is that my kid spends too much time in front of a screen. Okay, yeah. and they really need need to go outside. But and and, I, and again, let me just state for everybody, I'm an old fart. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, so we so I, I just there's I, I I get it. I know it's a changing world out there. I'm not I'm not a luddite, but I just not sure it's so good for schools to be involved. However. The other side of that coin is they do want kids involved with their schools. They want kids engaged. Yeah. Talk to me. What are you hearing out there, Em? That's my theory about it. You know, I'm two-sided about it. I get it, but I wish there was an alternative, you know? Yeah. I think the reality is that kids are gaming, regardless of whether they're yeah. at school or not. And Regar- I you mean regardless about, of what I say, the, the video stuff's going to be Regardless of what you say, sir. Oh my God, no. I had no I idea. That- right. I think that, um, I mean, I have three of my own boys, and they are showing me very quickly how much time a kid can spend on games. Yes. um, But with that in mind, I think they are gaming whether they do it at home or at school. And I think that one of the things that that really got me over the hump in terms of esports was thinking about what an impact my coaches when I was in high school had on my life. And that extra adult in your life that is telling you you've got to show up to school on time and I don't want you getting caught in trouble on the weekends and you have to get certain grades, for any group of kids to have that extra voice in their life and that extra accountability so that they're – and because they're excited to do this cool initiative, I think it's a good thing. It doesn't mean that I think that they – you know, I'm not making any statements about whether or not they should also do a PE course or whatever. That's not my my game to fight, but I think – when I think about individual kids who may not otherwise feel super connected to school, if we can give them a way to feel connected and want to show up early and want to show up on time and get good grades, I'm into it. That, that's sort of where I land. Well said, well said, Miss Cook. Well said. I got to tell you, <laughs> well it, was. it was, it was, and and again, I agree. It's important for the kids to be engaged with school, and if this helps doing that, I think it's yeah. great because the kids are gaming anyway. But it's just so much yeah. screen time, especially when not today. San Diego, but 99% of the days it's gorgeous and sunny and 75 degrees. Right. Okay. Right. And, no, you know, 100%. So, yeah, you, you get it. You know, that's, that's, I get that's, it. That's, that's the old man talking here. The old man side of it talking. <laughs> you know, what no, can I, I tell you? It. It's, it's, well, yeah, I've heard of, you know, there's really amazing programs that have, you know, where the, the coaches are talking to their kids about, you know, overall, just like any coach would, right? Overall health and well-being, and like what that looks like, what nutrition looks like, and what being active. Like so, you know, yeah. if you think about it as part of this larger coaching experience, I think we have an opportunity. Just because they're going to spend an hour on esports in the afternoon, does not mean that they can't spend other hours of their day outside, you know, getting activity and all of that. So, I just don't think it's one or the other. I think that 
you know, at the end of the day, I want to figure out how we can connect kids to their learning. And there's so many really cool curricular it know, is overlaps and, and so many, so many great things. So I think that the good outweighs, you know, the potential challenges. And I think we can build out, you know, plans to address those challenges so that, um, so that we don't have to trade. The well said. And it goes back to what you said earlier, you know, if there's so much gaming and all that going on in the schools, which is, let's just say it's fine, which it is, obviously it's happening. Okay. We got to mm-hmm. have the network and the broadband to back it up. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine you're playing the game and all of a sudden it goes, Bleep, that's the end. You know, we can't yeah. Well, that's okay. it. I mean, yeah. And that's, that's where that, like the, the, um, the planning comes in. So important. People think, okay, I've got to invest in these really fancy <laughs> high powered computers and then they don't have a network to back it up. And so, they're stuck, you know, I mean, so the, the, yeah, it's just putting together that holistic solution that is absolutely critical um, as folks start to think about, you know, how they want to roll that, that event, that type of initiative out. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, again, it's, it's so changed certainly since I was in education school, which was Plato and uh, that was a <laughs> long time ago and it was it's just crazy. You know, I, I, it, it really has changed. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, and are you guys must be hearing about this, over at Bloom, and this is the administrator's lament is cybersecurity. Okay, with all the I just heard the sigh. Okay, that's yeah. Talk about that side of it and what you're hearing on that side. Well, yeah, it is. It's a huge concern. I think one of the first things that we try to acknowledge in any of these conversations is that it's not an IT director concern or superintendent concern. It's really a whole organizational concern. Every single person in like the organization, stu- students, teachers, excited administrators, like everybody has a part of this. And I think, you know, thinking about it in terms of policies, practices, and then products is really important. So when all of the cybersecurity, you know, when all this new technology was going out into schools, we had a lot of questions about individual products that could help support cybersecurity. And the way that we are really encouraging districts and schools to think about it as as the holistic solution. So we have to make sure that we have policies and plans in place should there be a cybersecurity breach. We know that educational institutions are one of the most often um, breached or, you know, subject of cyber attacks. And if you think about it, it makes sense because we have precious student data and then we have a zillion endpoints with all sorts of different people using them. And it's hard to make sure that those practices are in place that are keeping that data safe. So I think it, you know, thinking about like what is our plan in place in case we do have a cybersecurity breach? Do we have that those business continuity plans and incident response plans? Um, so that's kind of part A. Part B is the, the practices. So like making sure that teachers know their part in cybersecurity, students know their part in cybersecurity, and of course those district level administrators understand kind of their part in in keeping things safe. But it is absolutely, and then of course, finally, product. Like, where are the gaps? What do we need to make sure that you know yeah. we have in place? Um, most people's insurance is requiring them to have a level of cybersecurity planning in place and and resources. And so, you know, what your insurance requires is going to be a really good guide in terms of where to start. But if that's something, you know, that's obviously something that we're happy to provide consultation on if if folks need it, and we have some guides and things that we can share out. So. It's a, it's a huge challenge, um, but it's also not impossible to address. You know, there are some really practical. Well, we have to address it. Steps. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It, but it's not, it's yeah. not out, you know, it's not impossible. I think we got this one. 
<laughs> I think we yeah. can do it. Well, we do. we do. We learn as we go along. You know, unfortunately, there are hackers out there. There are criminals out there. Yeah. Okay, there are lunatics out there. All right, if I may. And we got to protect yep. ourselves from them. And it's just so darn important. I'm so, you know, I have to say, as we wind down here, Emily, you've used the word a couple of times, and I like the way Bloom is approaching this. It's a holistic approach. Mm. Okay, you're not going in with yeah. one piece of equipment. You're not going in with one idea. You know, you're trying to get them get it grounded from the very beginning, okay, mm-hmm. and make sure that the whole system works. And what you said a few minutes ago about cybersecurity was important. We tend to lay that, okay, on the district's ed tech department, but every mm-hmm. teacher has to understand they can't just download every app in the world, okay, right. because that app may be a bad app, as an example, okay? Most teachers mm-hmm. are learning that, but everybody makes a mistake. Okay, and the yep. system has to be, you know, has to be able to take care of it. And the kids have to understand that, too, as does the community. And this stuff right. costs money. So you want to get it right, if I may, I'll use your word, holistically. Okay, mm-hmm. rather than start uh, uh, playing whack-a-mole with your ed tech technology. You know, you solve one problem, right. another one pops up. Okay, that's no fun. And nobody should ever name an ed tech company Whack-a-Mole Incorporated. It just won't work. <laughs> Don't do that. So if you were thinking of today. it, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> not a bad idea. Though. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it is a good idea. Okay, we'll yeah, solve each problem. As we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's this funny. is great. Emily, it's nice to know you. Thank you so much oh, for being so here today. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What a I joy. hope you had a good time, and I'm bringing a body. Sure Remember did. that umbrella you bought that you put away in the garage? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I know. <laughs> we'll look for it. Thank you, sir. I know. Have I hope you don't day. get any flooding or anything like that. It's a bit crazy week oh, in uh, California. It. Okay? Thank you I for being here. I, I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Emily. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that was nice. Nice lady. Nice company. I love that. That's Emily Cook. Emily. Let's well, Emily Blunt. No, it's not. That's the actress. Emily Cook is the VP of Ed Services at Bloom, B-L-U-U-M, and I do have it uh, linked up here. Interesting company, and I found it interesting from the get-go. A consortium, a catalyst, okay, for ed tech. It's interesting stuff. Check it all out if you want to. All right. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. We'll archive everything over at ace-ed.org and have a great, and I hope a dry day. <laughs>